So I tried to think of a fun, not necessarily fun, but a creative way to open this podcast earlier today. And um, I had a really hard time doing it because all the only feelings I'm thinking most of today is, is, you know, I'd like to say it's, it's um, sadness, but it's not, it's anger. Um, but I think that's the feeling of most A's fans right now. And there's a lot of emotions going on that are fueling that anchor anger. Um, but, and we're going to get into all that today on this episode, but you know, first off Julio, I mean, I think we owe it to listeners to tell them, you know, we did have a, a full free agency podcast planned that we are going to record tonight, Tuesday, January 26th, um, to be released on Wednesday, January 27th. So that, cause a lot of deals happened in the past week and a half. And we felt like our listeners should hear about them. This was not part of that. And then we got this news that, um, Marcus Simeon signs a one year, $18 million deal with the Blue Jays. And, you know, we texted back and forth and we decided we're going to throw that rundown out and let's just do an emergency reaction pod because I can't even wrap my head around talking about Corey Kluber signing with the Yankees. You know what I mean? Well, you let it off with anger. And I just had to drop this old quote on you. Yeah. Fear leads to anger. Anger leads to hate. Hate leads to suffering. I just watched that movie. Um, it's still eight. It's pretty tight still. <laughs> but honestly, let's just, let's just fucking. I think we're gonna. Here's ready. I was thinking of what we want to name this episode beforehand too. Um, yeah. And you think of. I, I, I think this episode just gonna be called "Sorry for the Language, Mom," because it's it's not gonna be a fun episode. It's gonna be it's gonna yeah. be therapeutic. We're gonna be able to vent because. Fuck, um, but yeah. well, I'll promise you guys. Yeah, the next episode we're gonna have a full breakdown of everything that we missed last couple weeks. Uh, yeah, that, there is that'll some come, A's that'll news come... that happened besides yeah the free agents leaving that we're gonna go a little more into. But uh, yeah, we're just gonna be talking about the news of the day. And if you were living under a rock, which in 2021 with everything going on in the world good for you you deserve to live under a rock right now because it's probably yeah. the best uh marcus simeon has left the oakland athletics and he is going to be joining the toronto blue jays on a one-year 18 million dollar deal the knife was in and uh and then it twisted a little bit more li- literally a couple hours later where it was announced that uh, Tommy LaStella is in the final talks of joining our hated rival, San Francisco Giants. No specifics on the money, but Yahoo Sports has said that it, this is going to be a three-year deal. And this goes on top of what we already knew for a couple weeks, and we knew this he wasn't going to be coming back anyways, with Liam Hendricks joining the Chicago White Sox for three years and $54 million. Um, yeah, sucks. And again, I want to reiterate that another podcast will be coming out later this week or at the end of the week, likely Monday. And that will be a traditional town tailgate podcast. We'll talk about free agency. We will talk about 
the Billy Bean um, ownership group not buying the Red the R- Red Sox. So that's a big one. Talk about all that shit. Um, this is going to be it's in this podcast is not going to be just all bitching. It's going to be analysis where the team goes from here, what the future looks like, all that stuff. Anyway, so the first thing I do want to say is to Giants fans who have been texting me all day. I understand that you are texting me to find out what my reaction is. And this is for all you Giants fans out there who are texting your ace friends. I understand you that your, um, your point, for lack of a better word, of sending that text message is to get my reaction and find out how I'm feeling. I get it. But the last thing I want to hear from, and I'm willing to do that, I will vent to you and you can hear all about how I feel about Marcus Simeon not coming back to the A's. But the last thing that I want to hear from you is you shitting on how I feel. Don't tell me that he wasn't that good of a player. Don't tell me to get over it and this is classic A's, you should have seen this coming. Don't tell me that. That's not what I want to hear. That's the last thing I want to hear. Okay? If you want to text me to get my reaction, get my reaction and shut the fuck up and go fuck off. Do not antagonize me and bother me and talk shit to me and tell me that I'm feeling irrational. No, that's not what I want to hear. I just don't want to talk to you if that's what it's going to be. So please stop doing that. My Uncle Mike, shout out, he did not do that. He was nice. He was a good person. He was supportive. And he just wanted to see how I was feeling. That's it. That's how you should react. Anyway. Moving on. I mean, who was texting you? Thing, who was trying to fuck? Like, do we need to? Go? I have like, I have like, f- I have like four Giants fans who were to text me. This sounds very Adrian-like. Like, you should have, dude. No, it wasn't okay. Adrian. He was like, dude, you should have seen this coming. It's like, D- shut up. And I and I, my response, like to one of them, was like, it just sucks to lose a once in a generation player to a to a, a salary like that that we could match. And that that person. Calm down. He's not a once in a generation player. He had two good years. I don't want to hear that. Like, just, just, just let me give you what you intended to. But if you intended to, you know what you should have shot back at me. You know what you should have shot back. No, I, Brandon I just, Crawford's I not texting. that good. Brandon Crawford's never te- been that good. It's true, and I, but I just stopped texting him because I just didn't care. <laughs> it, it it was what it was. So I think the thing that we need to unpack first is the amount. Because it wasn't like this is a massive commitment of $100 million for six years. And John Fisher, you can say whatever you want about how the pandemic is handling your businesses. Okay, we get it. But you're telling me you couldn't afford one year for $18 million. That's the thing that I don't understand. That's the thing that we can't wrap our heads around, right, Julio? I mean, I mean, yeah. it, it's just... Well, if, if you want to, you know, play this game... Uh, Chris Davis's contract extension was two years, thirty-three million. The money's yeah. there. The money is yeah. is in this organization. Um, that's what kind of makes this hurt so much more. Is we've seen the A's kind of do that one year, a big big deal just to bring somebody in or like retain him. And this should this this is the year to do it. This is the year to do it. Where I guaranteed Marcus would have taken one year, fourteen million guaranteed absolutely and at the end of the day um as obviously i would have loved for him to be here he's going to 
stacked Jay's roster right now. And he's they're saying he's probably not even going to be shortstop. It's going to be yeah, Biggio. He's going to play second, right? Second. Um, yeah. At the end of the day, this might hurt him. We haven't talked about it too much. Um, I, I texted you earlier about it, but like the 2022 shortstop free agency class is insane. It's going to be Carlos Correa. Mm-hmm. It's going to be Corey Seager. It's going to be Trevor Story. Mm-hmm. I believe Francisco Lindor as well. I have to double check that real quick. I don't think he signed like. Yeah, immediate... he hasn't been ex- he hasn't been extended yet. Yeah, he has. I know they uh, he signed an arbitration deal with them. For Mets. all we know, he could. For all yeah. we know, he could. Yeah, but that's it's it's a huge gamble. For himself, which is like, hell yeah, go for it. Yeah. It's just so, so annoying. Especially when you see the other deals that went around baseball for shortstop. Uh, we're going to, we talked about the possibility of Andrelton and Simmons coming to Oakland. Like, oh yeah, he'll probably take a, a pretty cheap deal. Uh, yeah, uh, Lindor's got one year, $22 million. Next year, he'll be a free agent. Mm-hmm. Um, it was like, cool, we might be able to get Andrelton Simmons for cheap. Well, we can't because he went to the Twins for $10.5 million. Um, yeah. They said, okay, Freddie, this is what, oh my God. Freddie Galvez went to the Orioles. He's not a great shortstop. He's not even mm-hmm. good. I would say he's, he's pretty average. Right? Yeah. He signed a one year deal with the Orioles. Chris, can you tell me how much he signed for? I'm gonna guess six million. One point five million. Oh my god. Why the f- fuck could you have not even made an effort? If you're not willing to pay eighteen million, I get it. It sucks as as much as I love Marcus and and I he deserves that money. If you don't want to pay as an organization right now with everything that's happening cool well yeah. save it million go find get somebody who's not as good offensively but is a wizard at shortstop and simmons okay well if you don't want to pay that here's somebody who's 1.5 million who's been a pretty sustainable shortstop in the bigs no you don't you didn't do it it's I'm convinced that they think that they have set that in in house. Like they think that they could put Pinder and Kemp at short and second, and it'll it'll be fine. And but it it's not it it's not even about that, dude. It's about the leadership in the clubhouse. It's about the defensive, like uh, at least in Marcus's aspect, the defensive um, um, presence he brings in the field. Um, and and for Listella, like the dude that, that doesn't strike out, like him him sitting at this two hole right above Chapman. At three, like that, that there's value there that like they're just not seeing, or that they they think that they can get elsewhere. And I know a lot, like like Robbie Schlatter, um, had a conversation with us earlier, and he said like you guys will find talent in house. You always do. Our farm system is depleted right now. There is not much going on there. So like, I I I know that the old thinking is is that like oh we'll be fine next man up. But like I don't know where the next man up's coming from because normally. How, in order to get the next man up, we're trading away guys to get these deals. But these guys just walked. We didn't trade them. They just walked. Um, yeah, they're so. Yeah. And and uh, sorry, one second. Just offensively, heavily reliant on Olson and Chapman coming into the season now, and that is not fair pressure on them. Yeah, it's not fair yeah. pressure where, um, Oli, his power was there last year, but offense, but. 
his average was pretty bad. I don't think he'll hit that low over a full year. And then Matt Olson or Matt Chapman's coming off a hip injury. And then mm-hmm. it, it wasn't until you said having um, Simeon and, and uh, Lestelle at the top of the lineup, dude, we got to find a new lineup at the top. Ramon's going to be hitting leadoff. Yeah. Or he's going to be hitting in the two hole, but who the hell's going to hit in that other spot? Well, you're going to put Chappie there and then so rely on Canna being the three or four. That's the, un, the huge question. Um, so really, okay. So I I asked this to our good friend. You'll hear hear from him a little bit later, Xavier. Uh, we kind of know how we feel about it. Um, yeah. How does this feel compared to other years where fourteen was pretty infamous when they traded uh, Josh Donaldson, Brandon Moss, Derek Norris, uh, John Lester for the fact. You know, fuck that guy, but he left in the offseason. Uh, 2006, yeah. where they lost Barry Zito, Frank Thomas on that one-year deal. Uh, I Nick Swisher. I, know, I think Nick Swisher is still there. But it was a pretty big turnover. And, of course, the 2004 season when they traded um, Hudson and Mulder. Like, how do you feel compared to this? Because this this seems kind of like the worst to me. The, the worst like weekend of my of my Ace fan life was the weekend Josh Donaldson, Baron and Moss and Derek Norris all got traded in the same weekend. I believe it was the same weekend if not it was like 5 days within 5 days. And I remember exactly where I was when I heard the news of Josh Donaldson. I was sitting at Okawa in Antioch having dinner with my parents, my aunt, and my uncle and my cousin and I check my phone and I get an ESPN update that Josh Donaldson would be traded to the Blue Jays. And it just completely, it was the beginning of dinner, and it completely ruined the vibe of the entire dinner. We were all just fucking bummed. And then the next day, Brandon Moss moves, and then a couple days later, Derek Norris moves. And it's just like, that's what today today felt like. It felt like it, it, was, it, was, it was them cleaning house and starting over. Now, whether that is the case or not, who knows? Like, I'm sure that they're going to try and run it back with these guys. They already agreed on arbitration with most of them, so I'm sure that this is going to be the team that we're moving forward with, with some guys in house, like I said, Pinder or or uh, or uh, Tony Kemp or one of these these um, guys in AAA who might be ready to come up, Nick Allen or something like that, filling the hole. But the, it 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 would. I'll, I would say that we'd be lucky to make the wild card game after this. Like we're definitely not walking away with the with the West, which is what I thought we were going to be doing going into this season. If we brought those two guys back, I don't know. I mean, it 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 it, it affects everything. It also it it's a very clear. The, the biggest thing to me is it's a very clear sign to our two stars, Matt Chapman and Matt Olson, the Matt brothers, um, that this team has no intention. On going long term with them, so in the fu- in uh, in three years or two years now, when their contracts are up, um, you better start ta- getting your agents start talking to teams because because um, the A's aren't going to be re-signing you, and that's the thing that sucks the most. So when is the reset button going to happen? When is Billy Bean going to pull a 2014 and sell everything? Is that going to be this off season? Is this a sign of that? Is that going to be next off season when they ultimately disappoint? I'm Tony right now, A's fans, and I will if I'm wrong. I will shotgun a beer and take a shot back to back on this podcast and and uh, gladly admit I'm I'm wrong after that. But I'm telling you right now as fans prepare for another disappointing season. Yeah, it's um 
This feels okay. It's weird that you said that you're at Okawa. First of all, shout out to Okawa. Fine Japanese cuisine shout restaurant located in Anya, California. Off Anya uh, Classic, right there. Anya Classic. That's off of uh, Sunset, correct? Mm. To be honest with you, I can't remember the street. But it's by it's right next uh, to uh, Straw Hat. The old Straw Hat. Yes, I think that's Sunset. Anyways, yeah. yeah shout out. Great Anyak Institution, go there and support small business. Uh, it's funny that you said it. You were there because I'm pretty sure the day I found out that um, Josh Donaldson got traded, I was also eating Japanese food. I was at Orange Roll Sushi really? in Anaheim back when I was still working at Disney. Oh, interesting. With yeah. Ann Whitney, uh, my brother Elias, my sister-in-law Jennifer, and. Uh, yeah, it was. The, we had the same a reaction. Depressing uh, dinner too. Yeah. Yeah, it was the same reaction, and and uh, it's funny because Elias, he's just like, it was just like, oh, like we're like we're used to this. Uh, but yeah. the reason, reason to bias, obviously, um, it when like Josh Donaldson got traded, it's like all right, well they're getting back Brendan Lowry. And that one hurt. That one's probably the one yeah. that hurt the most. Um, it's like, okay, we're going to have somebody who's Brett like... Brett Laurie. Laurie, sorry. Brett Laurie. Why did I say Brandon Lowry? Whatever. Who's going to be filling in at third. Who... Because you really want Brandon Lau to play for the A's now. Yeah, uh, shit. Now I do. Subconsciously. Um, <laughs> and then when they lost Hudson Mulder, uh, they... Well, with the Mulder trade, they got back Dan Heron. <laughs> and then the Hudson trade was just not a good trade of overall. Um, yeah. It's harder to replace the middle of your infield, no matter who yeah. you have ready right now. Like to go up and to like, all right, well, the path is cleared. The, the path is not cleared. Nick Allen, um, as much as like we're really high on him right now, when in terms of like a defensive player, he's not ready to hit in the bigs yet. No, it's that's a ton of pressure to have on a kid who. Um, if this team is staying the way it is, that's a, this, this is still a team that's going to fight for a playoff spot. And that's a ton of expectations to have on this kid for that early. Mm-hmm. Um, they talked some noise about Sheldon noisy, taking some, some reps at short who looked pretty mm-hmm. solid, but again, same thing. Uh, Kemp and, and Pinder, I think that's more, I think they're more likely going to be at second than at short. I think that they've historically, I think one of them short gonna... stops. Fuck it. Yeah, but it's I think training, one, one of them's got to one of them's got to be at short. Yeah, this the position's definitely open at spring training. I would assume that Pinder wins that job though. He's the best defensive uh, infielder we have left on the roster. Middle yeah. infielder. Um, the smile machine might get some reps right now at short, but yeah, maybe that this. I think that's the reason this hurts the most. Is we were what two two wins away from going to an LCS. Uh, the team last year was, I thought, you know, despite the bumps in the road they had in the last half of the season with Chappie getting hurt and, and Puck never making it up to the majors and just kind of some inconsistent with the rotation, it was still a pretty good team. Like we were both pretty high, like, damn, if they can somehow bring back Marcus and, and La Stella and just keep the same team here. Like, dude, this is a fucking really good team still. Like, yeah. I think there's a good chance they can still compete for, uh, the ALCS and maybe go to the a world series, but it's like, now it's like, look, Marcus, um, I think it's hurt. It hurts harder because like he was not a good player five years ago. And this is something we, when we had Jessica Kleinschmidt on here, he was not a good defensive player at all, but he worked yeah. his ass off. And that's something that I think 
we've all really loved about him is that dude busted his ass to become the player he did he is today where he's mm-hmm. a top three uh finalist and al mvp he was a like leader in the clubhouse like we don't like you don't that's why well when you hear when you're saying like giants said you replace him or people tell him replace him dude you can't replace that you can't yeah. replace that overnight like it's so much and we've talked about the weight of of having to put on Olsen and Chappie's bats right now. Well, now they're going to have to do that with the veteran shit as well. They're, I think, well, Mark Canna is, I think, the longest-term Oakland A, but it's it's him, I think KD, and then Chappie and Ollie. Yeah, him. It's like that's a him ton and of Marcus work to put on these KD, guys. Him and Marcus, and him, him and I think just Marcus, came the same year. Canna and Marcus. Um, it's yeah, and then I, I, yeah. and Lestella, he look, he wasn't a great, def- he wasn't a great defender. Uh, one of my buddies, he was Steve a Contest, fine defender. He wasn't, wasn't terrible. He was, but... he yeah, he was good enough because there were some times where, uh, where Renner was able to beat out his throw to first because he doesn't, he didn't have the strongest arm, but oh, that's why yeah. you're playing at short. Or playing out. I'm sorry. That's why you're playing at second. Shout out to Jed Lowry with his arm. Um, but God damn, I think anybody would have that consistency of of just the patience at the top of the ba- up top of the lineup and <clears throat> yeah, being like having such a low striker around. Like every team would take that, and that's what just makes it hard. You sure we're gonna find guys who <clears throat> excuse me can at least like either platoon to fill that war that those guys are going to leave behind. I'm sure there's going to be guys who probably be just as good defensively. It's like you're taking out two strong veteran players at the top of the lineup who've been around for years and you're going to replace them for a team that if they would have stayed like, this is a world series contender. And now you're going to put either a veteran on a one year like five hundred thousand dollar deal, or some, or like an unproven, like minor leaguer. It sucks. I mean, you're taking away our our leadoff and our number two hitter, so it's like not not two important hitters, like two two very important hitters. Yeah, that's why it's harder. I, that's why this. That, that's why I think this is worse than those others because it's like, sure, like we had somebody to plug in, like put in there. We had some preparation for that exit. It's just like. We had we knew this was coming, and there was no preemptive plans to get ready for it. No, it's like it's like John Fisher showed up to the stadium this morning, and and Billy Billy goes in and Dave Force goes in his office and be like, "Hey, Marcus just got a uh, an offer from the Blue Jays for eighteen mil, so can we match that?" And he's just like, "You know what? I think we're gonna move on." And just like springs it on him after telling him for weeks, like, yeah, we're we're gonna make it work. Whatever we gotta do to make it work. It's just like what? This is like it it, it it's like schizophrenia. Like it, it's just so so hot and cold. And and I want to touch on something that I said earlier to a, a to a a Giants fan who was harassing me. Um, uh, once in a generation player. That is not. And I think that phrase has so much that is involved in the definition of that phrase. And I want to clarify to what that is. He is a great 
probably the best shortstop we've had since Miguel Tejada, who, you know, was involved with steroids. So you can think what you want about him. But uh, I would say probably top three best shortstops in the history of Oakland A's. Um, he, he great hitter. Had an MVP season, caliber season, a couple years ago. But it, I'm not just referencing like what he does on the field. It's what he does off the field as well and what he means to that team. And we already talked about him being a leader in the clubhouse, being the captain. I think Mark Hanna said in post-game interview after their loss, um, he's our captain. Um, it, a homegrown kid from the East Bay playing for his his team he grew up for, he grew up rooting for. Um what it means for kids in East Oakland, um, you know, and, and with a sport that's dying in the inner city, what it, like completely dying, and what it means to see kids in East, what East, what it means to see as a kid in East Oakland playing a position that not many people who look like that play that position and are from our country at least, and seeing someone that looks like them and be like, hey, I could be that person one day. Um, what he did in the community. Um, in terms of building baseball programs in the East Bay, I mean, it goes for miles and miles, the impact, what it means to have a, a black person as the face of a franchise that has such a heavy minority influence in it. And I know I'm playing like a lot of the race cards, but it's true. Like, I don't know what else to say. And I'm sorry, Giants fans, that you can't wrap your head around it because you have had nothing but boring white guys represent your team for as long as I can remember. And you don't know what it's like to see something like that. And a lot of your fan base is boring, rich, white guys. So I'm sure that feels very relatable to you. But as someone who has grew up in a minority, it feels it, it, it means a lot as a kid to see someone in that position be that good for your team. That's all I'm going to say. And I know I'm not a kid, and I didn't grow up with that. I can only assume what other kids are. But I did grow up with Miguel Tejadas and Eric Chavez's. And, you know, if we want to jump into football, Charles Woodson's and and, and that stuff. So it, it does mean something. I can relate to it. No, dude, absolutely. Well, it's funny that you say your lifetime of boring white guys. It's not like they had Barry Bonds during a dick, an asshole. There's pussies, there's dicks, and then there's assholes. And he's all three of them. (laughs) Um, No, honestly, it kind of hit on the point. I think just the the cultural importance of just having somebody like him from Oakland. um, And and the A's have a fantastic history when it comes to the homegrown players or players from Oakland who've built a legacy for the A's in Oakland. Um, You know, Ricky Henderson, Dave Stewart. Marcus is now a part of that list. Uh, it's and it's fantastic just to see that stuff. Like it's cool, and not, not like what's the the phrase? Like you know, it's cool just to see one of us made it kind of thing. Not necessarily, yeah, us, but just somebody like a, a somebody who comes from a disadvantaged community, like a lot of these guys had to deal with in Oakland. So it, it's it's a lot deeper, and I'm glad you brought that up because it it means more than baseball. And uh, it's gonna take. It's gonna be weird. It's he's been in this organ. He was for five years, man, and five years in Oakland's a lifetime. So it's gonna be really weird to not see him there. Um, but to quote a former Oakland great, 
Um, Mark McGuire, I'm not here to talk about the past. I'm here to talk about the future. So what's next? We've already talked about some of the potential in-house options. Uh, if we if also things kind of fucked up today, we already mentioned it earlier. Jordan Simmons, who could have been a potential guy to fill at that spot, he ended up taking a one-year, ten point five million deal with the Twins. Uh, Freddie Galvez uh, took a one-year, one point five million deal with the uh, Orioles, and uh, that was pretty much the two main shortstop signings that happened. If you want to look at just traditional shortstop, who's left in the market that could potentially fill that position? Didi Gregorius is out there. No, not going to happen. He's going to be out of budget, especially if they're not paying $10 million for Simmons. Um, Chris Owings, who uh, was last with the uh, Rockies, he was kind of a more of a utility guy that could be an option. Somebody that I think is pretty intriguing, though, that I would like to see them at least kick the tires on, see what it would, could work, is uh, Jonathan VR. Jonathan VR was last with the Blue Jays. He had a one-year, $8 million deal. Pretty uh, okay year last year, or disappointing year. He batted 232, two home runs, 15 RBIs. I think we can kind In of... In a 60-game season, though. Yeah, exactly. We can kind of sponge that stuff. Uh, that's our options... And if we want to kind of think a little outside the box, see if there's any guys. Jonathan could... VR plays. Oh, he does play a little shortstop. Yeah, he plays he short. Um, he, a lot of these guys, there's no. Okay, let me phrase this. As of right now, there's no traditional everyday shortstops available because. Except that, for Didi. Except for Didi. Yeah, and he, they're not going to be able to pay him. So you're pretty yeah. much going to have to either find somebody who has played enough short, like a VR, or somebody who has had experience, like a Asdrubal Cabrera. Who could fill in at shortstop? Um, and he had a decent year with the Nats last year. Uh, Jake Lamb actually looked pretty decent for this time. I don't know if they're going to be able to get him to short. I don't know if he's ready there. And plus, I don't think the team is willing to move Chappie off of third to have him take short. And then uh, Brad Miller, a former uh, St. Louis Cardinal, that could be an option. There's a bunch of options for second, too, but realistically, I don't think that's going to happen. I think they're just going to go utility and then kind of see where we're at halfway through the season. So let me ask you this question, Julio. Do you trust any of those guys over the guys we have in-house? Do any of those guys move the, the, the needle for you where you're like, yeah, he's probably better than Matt Chapman or Nick Allen? Or not Matt Chapman, sorry, uh, Chad Pinder or Nick Allen? Because none of them do for me. Not even D.D., Didi's had a rough couple of years. I don't think I would want to spend the money on him. If anybody can do it, if anybody that moves the needle a little bit, it's VR. Um, because okay. like, okay, he's he's been he's been a major leaguer since thirteen. He's had some mm-hmm. pretty decent years. He's had some pretty good years, really, when he was with Baltimore. Um, I, I think he's. He's pretty consistent in terms of like stability. I just saw a stat. He was one of only five players to play in all 162 games in 2019. You know who else was on that list? Marcus. Simeon. I actually remember that. Yeah, I remember that. Um, I think if you and plus, I think he's going to be cheap. Last year he had a one he had a one year deal with the Jays for eight million. Um, I because we know at this point, seeing how this is all going down, it, uh, Nick Allen's the future. But if you want to still be a competitive team and still 
find a way to get into a playoff spot and potentially push for it, then he's your best. To me, he's the best option. I, I like Nick Allen. I think he's going to be great in the future. I've liked what I've seen from Noisy. Um, but if, uh, at short that is, but like if you want to win it tomorrow, season starts tomorrow, game one, who would you rather have to win that game right now? And right now, I, to me, I think it's somebody like VR. He's not had, he doesn't have the best glove. Hmm. Yeah. Um, I think, but the good thing about having Chappie at third is you're going to have somebody who can kind of help with a short side, but doesn't have the greatest of range and you can probably teach him to be a little bit better. Uh, and you're going to help have help from Olsen over at first to, to yeah, bail you out. Exactly. That's, that's the fucking benefit of Matt Olsen. It's like that dude's going to be there to bail you out for anything that goes down. Um, and to and his bat, excuse me. We've seen the pass can be electric at times. So to me, I think that's the yeah best option. I haven't seen anything, any trade rumors, um, and I don't really know who's available at this point. That shortstop, but if you had to win a game tomorrow, I think he's the best option. Yeah, I don't. I don't. I don't trust any of those options over over Chad Pinder. Um, I just don't. Tr- I I just don't think he's he's not a shortstop man. I mean, his whole career, like yeah, he can play short, but like his he career played is a, made he out did of- a hell of a job. He did a hell of a job in shortstop in that first those first two playoff rounds. Playing shortstop isn't that hard. Tell him, Wash. I don't. I don't know. I mean, yeah. I. I. I don't know why you don't see him as a shortstop. I mean, he came up in the league. He came up in our farm system as a shortstop. Like they moved him to outfield because they saw that he was athletic and had an arm. So it's like, like li- literally, he was in our yeah. farm system. I remember seeing him listed as a shortstop. Yeah, I. I think it's just he's got the arm, and I'm sure he. he he'll be. He's probably the best option outside nick allen defensively it's just like i think it's just those fears of what he'll do kind of the like not necessarily like i think he he would be a pretty sustainable guy over a full 162 not like a part-time player we saw what mark canna turned into i think it's just those kind of Mm -hmm. fears where it's like we're really about to waste one more year of olsen and chapman because we can't have a sustainable shortstop and that like and and you think jonathan viard like yeah, because at least his bat. I, at least I know his bat will be decent. He'll at least probably get like fifteen to twenty home runs. He'll probably. I know he's got some speed on the bags as well, so it's like it, that's why I'm like I feel a little more better about it. Is it is it a is it a huge advantage over those two? No, but I think it's a he's got a little bit more advantage of it. I think I'd, I'd rather go with Pinner than at second. I would rather I would I would have. Nick Allen and and Sheldon Noyce duke it out in spring training. So here's the thing: that I I like Tony Kemp as as the utility guy and replacing that Chad Pinder role as like the regular utility guy who can play everywhere on the field and give anybody rest. So if we let those guys duke it out in, in spring training and then kind of like platoon it a little bit throughout the season, I think that's the best option. And those guys can develop a little bit, and we can also see what they got. Um, they both bring different aspects of hitting to the team. Nick Allen is a contact guy who's got some speed, and Sheldon Noyce is a power guy. He hits the fuck out of the ball and bombs it out of the out of the park. So 
that way you get a little bit of yin and yang in that aspect and then you're a little bit more well-rounded with with chad pinder um there i don't know so i'm glad like actually i think it'd be a better i think they'd be more flexible if they can just roll out the one of these guys as a potential full-timer shortstop because the second place the second base market's actually a lot better than the shortstop market so um, give it to me yeah yeah so uh one name that a lot of people in and ace twitter have been clamoring for is colton wong he's probably gonna be out of the price range but like the dude is a yeah. potential gold glover at, at second and i think he'd be a yeah and he'll fan. want a long-term deal probably yeah and although a lot of guys aren't getting him so maybe they can figure one out who knows um somebody that i think if i remember right last uh during the trade deadline last year, Jonathan Scope. I thought he would have been fucking awesome instead of Tommy LaStella. Yeah. Um, getting him from Detroit. That didn't pan out, but he's currently free agent. Let's see how that goes. Um, Jason he's kind of unreliable with his bat, though, man. He's so streaky. Dude, he hit, uh, again, sample size, 278 home runs, 23 RBIs. A streaky 60 games to get those. Yeah. 278. Um, whatever. We whatever. have, uh, well, like Jason Kipnis, there are some rumors last offseason. He actually had a pretty okay, again, 60-game schedule, pretty okay year with the Cubs. Um, 237, three home runs, 16 RBIs. Uh, we also have uh, D. Strange Gordon, who... Oh, interesting. The, yeah, the the speed's there. He, you know, yeah. he hit 200. But um, I think that a really great veteran. He's presence. never been a great hitter, though. No, he's never he's never been. Well, he had a batting title, yeah. but you know, juicing. Um, but uh, I, I think he'd be a really good veteran presence. I, a lot of enthusiasm in the locker room, and uh, a couple old friends of ours. We've got one, um, Eric Sogard, and two, Jed Lowry. I don't think these guys have um, it anymore, but. Jed Lowry, he's he he's having trouble staying on the field ever since yeah. he left the A's. Uh, that's the reason why um, the Mets have moved on from him and uh, gone all in on uh, on what's his face. My, I'm totally blanking on his name now. Um, my boy. Uh, anyway, um, yeah, I mean, it, it's they're better options. I don't. I don't realistically realistically i don't know if 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 outside especially after seeing they can't even match 18 million dollars i don't i don't think that's a, a reality that we're gonna live in but i know you so you went around and talked to or at least tried to talk to a couple of our friends and friends of the pod about this just to get their reaction um how did that go um depressing <laughs> no but uh i got a good friend of the show xavier Bajarano. he jumped on a little uh i want to say beginning of december november on the show and kind of talked with us uh, he was uh he was able to give us a good five minutes of uh talking about his thoughts about everything that's happened and uh so here it is all right i'm joined by our good friend of the show oakland native diehard ace fan xavier uh welcome back i wish we we uh, we're here for better circumstances, man. But uh, uh, first and yeah. foremost, uh, how you feeling? How you feeling about the news of the day? Um, not very good, man. But I mean, it feels like a, honestly an open wound. I just got ripped open because think about it. We've been enduring this type of pain 
since as long as I can remember and going back to the early 2000s, but Hudson getting traded or not. Yeah, he did get traded. Older getting traded as well. There goes the big three. And then we, you know, it happens again in 06 and then again down the road and again and again and again. So, I mean, you, you never get over it. I mean, it happens so many times that you've seen and you experience the pain, but you never get over it. It's, you know, like an open wound seeing a fan favorite go. Um, fan favorites. I'm, yeah, I'm sure Chris and I are going to talk about it, but it reminds me a lot of 04 because I, <laughs> that was the worst trip of, to Disneyland I ever had because I remember that we got in like a Thursday, it was in December, it's Christmas time. And on the ESPN zone ticker tape, it just said the Oakland Athletics trade Mark Mulder to the St. Louis Cardinals. And then like that same weekend was the Tim Hudson trade. So this is pretty similar because it's like Simeon and Listell on the same day, like our mid infields gone. Um, but like you kind of already talked about a little bit, like how, how, how would you compare it to like 14 with Brandon Moss and, and Josh Donaldson and all those guys getting traded. And then you already highlight like 2006 when uh, Frank Thomas just had that one year deal. And then Barry Zito left in the off season. Like, how would you compare it to those years? So, I mean, I, I can remember me in 14 being pretty bummed. I, I can't remember exactly how bummed I was, though, but definitely I was bummed uh, when uh, we traded Donaldson away. Uh, if you look back on the trade, it's hasn't panned out, but, you know, it's another topic. Um, but, yeah, I was pretty bummed that day, and not just that day, but for, for the whole offseason and that whole year. I mean, he won MVP in 15, so, I mean, that made it sting even more. Uh, but yeah, today, I mean, just seeing Simeon sign with the Blue Jays, I mean, overall happy for him. I mean, we've seen him grow from a awful trade piece to, I mean, now he's, he has, he's been playing pretty much the best ball of his life the last couple of years. And just to see him develop and go through the ups and downs, uh, homegrown, um, Went to college the next town over. Been with the team the past six years, playing his home team pretty much. It's every childhood, uh, you know, every child's, you know, dream of playing baseball for their number one team. And to see him sign with somebody else, I mean, it hurts. But, you know, overall, we're happy for him. So, I mean, the best thing that we can do is just sit back and root for him like we have so many times before. So, yeah. It could have been worse. I think it could, like, if he would have gone to, like, the Angels or the Giants or the Dodgers, yeah, that would have hurt a lot more than seeing Toronto, who, um, I, like, obviously outside of the Donaldson trade and then the those early ALC match, ALCS matchups, like, in the 90s, we don't really have a history of beef with them. So that's cool. Like, and Toronto's a pretty young, exciting team. He gets a one-year deal mm-hmm. and hopefully he gets paid again. Um, but we were texting about this earlier. Hey, maybe John Fisher sells the team this year and they, they bring back Marcus as a free agent and long-term. Who knows? That's wishful uh, man, thinking. That's, but. That is, man. I think you have a better chance of hitting the lotto. 
because uh, until or if that stadium situation falls through, then I can see him selling the team. But with that still on the table and that possibility, I don't think he will. I think the guy is just in it to make a buck. Um, he's worth how many billions of dollars? But yet, you know, you don't want to invest billion. in the team. Well, well, it's more than what we got. So, I mean, that's, yeah. a, that's enough to invest in the team, in my opinion. So, um, um, oh, oh, sorry, what were you going to say? Um, I was just going to say that, it, you know, it's a shame. It really is a shame. I mean, we love the team so much. We want to see them good. The only way to do that is to spend money. It takes money to make money, and, you know, he's just in it to make money. So, it's all the same. Now, uh, we have a pretty significant gap up the middle of the A's offense. Um what, what what do you think is Paul where they're going to go from here? There's some dudes in house that they've been looking out. Sheldon Noisy has played some short. Obviously, Chad Pender. I don't think he's an everyday shortstop, but he can at least play some second. And then Vismail Machine had some days where he played short, covering for Marcus Mews out. Uh, if you want to hear a couple free agent options that maybe they can try to go after, uh, Jonathan VR is still out there. He made eight million last year with the Jays. And then uh, a couple other names who played some third, but could potentially switch over to short. You got Ms. Drupal Cabrera. Um, Jake Lamb was pretty decent. I don't know if he'll switch to third. Brad Miller with the the Cardinals, but who knows, man? Like what? Like hearing that stuff. Like what do you think is not even the best? I, I can't even say the best option anymore. It's more what's the most logical, knowing how yeah. this team plays. Um, I think they're going to go out and get a veteran middle, you know, middle infielder, whether it be v, uh, VR or as Drupal Cabrera, and probably give more reps to Machine, honestly. I know they talked about moving Chapman over to short, but I don't think that's plausible for in the future, especially with his, his hip, his hip problem. So, I honestly, I think they're just going to go out there and get a middle infielder, and, you know, a veteran at that, and then play with what we got honestly yeah it's 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 a test i wouldn't be upset if any of those guys were the guys they landed but realistically i think it's just going to be a platoon at short of machine and noisy and then maybe and then pinder at second i don't know i know we talked like oh eric sogard's a free agent but you're like no i don't want to see him back i don't want to see him back (laughs) all right well uh last but not least, uh, the floor is yours. What do you got to say to John Fisher, man? Man, it's John, it's uh, time for you to sell the team. We're a, us Ace fans are tired of you. We, we don't even know what you look like. But it's time for you to sell the team to somebody who really cares about the game in Oakland. That's all I got to say. That's my message. I hope he hears it. Short and sweet. That I love that you had that in Oakland at the end. Yeah, so that's right. Here. All right, all right, man. Well, thanks for joining, Xavier. We got to bring you back on a uh, brighter times, but uh, let's go, Oakland, man. Thanks for hanging out. Of course. Uh, thanks for having me, guys. Take care. All right. Well, it's about it's about what I expected from Xavier. Yeah. Um. Even though that's, um, a, that's a so yeah, really funny story. You remember the moments he when shit went down. So like, yeah, you know, we we recorded this on the side, 
but I'll, I'll explain the story to you too right while we have this. The day that, the weekend that Mulder and Hudson got traded, that was 2004, I was at mm. Disneyland. And that was the worst Disneyland trip Disneyland ever Disneyland of your life? Yeah, because like we were- Who would have thought Julio could ever have a bad time at Disneyland? I know, right? But we were walking down downtown Disney and uh, at the ESPN zone, it was right there. You know how they have the ticker right there? Or ESPN yeah. zone's closed now, but they have the ticker running yeah. and it just said- Oh, oh no way. Is it really? Oh, yeah, it's been closed for a couple of years. Oh, dude, I watched the 2015 finals there with my parents once. Overrated. I had fun. I had a blast. Yeah, but you have to pay, like, any time. Besides the point. Um, but I saw on that ticker, <laughs> it says, uh, Mark Mulder traded to the St. Louis Cardinals. I'm like, what? Yeah. That's how, that, that's how we yeah. to find out. Back On a while. ticker, too. That's the worst way to find out. Yeah, back in the day. So, um, yeah. Now it's time for the real venting session. Yeah. It's time to talk about the real problem of the Oakland Athletics. Oh, John Fisher. I, so I, I am just very confused on like what exactly his ultimate goal is when he decided to purchase the A's. Like what, 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 what did you think you were going to get out of it? And what, like, what, (laughs) what, what was your goal? Because if your goal was to make money, then you're not a good businessman. Because I think business shows that owning a sports franchise is not exactly a, a, a cash cow, for for lack of a better word. You know, you're not like just gonna come out crazy with revenue all the time. I think a big reason why rich people buy sports teams is to show off to their rich friends that they own a sports team. But I don't think you're showing off very much when you're the laughing stock of the league. It's just, I, I, I just, I don't, I can't wrap my head around him. And and if if you are indeed struggling um, financially, which is probably the excuse that he's going to use, um, from your businesses failing from the pandemic, then maybe you know it's a great way to reap some of the that losses back. Sell your sports franchise. I mean, like, uh, it, it, he's going to try and pull the bullshit and think that we're all stupid and not know. But, like, I don't know. And also, like, why would you want to own a franchise and cater to people who all fucking hate you? Like, that doesn't sound like a very rewarding venture to me. So, here's the thing. Um, so, John Fisher, and for those of you who don't know, how, where did John Fisher's wealth come from? Uh, John Fisher is he, his parents founded Gap, Gap Clothing, and, and it's, and it's, uh, also includes Old Navy. So the, um, what's the model? Like the, the fast, the fast food clothing retail. I can't remember the exact chain, the exact name. Um, his family was more or less the founders of it. So that made him very, Parents. Wealthy. Yeah. Uh, he's also the founding partner of an investment firm, Samson Partners, and sits on the board of the Silicon Schools Fund. Now, obviously, uh, over the last more of a year, um, hasn't been great. A lot of people lost a lot of money, including a lot of the people at the top. Uh, this is coming from Forbes, where he is currently ranked the 353rd richest person in the world. 
Uh, right now, as of okay, so October of 2019, he was worth 2.5 billion, mm-hmm. which okay. It's one of the richest owners in the league. Yep, he's always been in the top five. Uh, and then April 2020, obviously COVID was ran ransacking throughout the year or ransacking the globe. Really, he actually lost some money. Uh, his net worth dropped down to 2.1 billion dollars. But guess what, Chris? Guess what, Chris? Just like every other billionaire in the world, he made money. And his net worth as of September 2020 is $2.4 billion. So sure, he lo- he lost $0.1 billion during that time. But don't fucking cry foul about not having money, dude. Don't call mm-hmm. me. Okay. Th- and this isn't just a A's problem. This is an major league baseball problem the A's payroll right now as of 20 2021 season going into it is 64 million dollars which is 43 million dollars less than league average of 107 million dollars the team that's just at the average is um the twins 97 million dollars and they actually spend money they spend like mm-hmm. and they you can show like look Hunjin Ryu was a top three finalist for Cy Young Nelson Cruz uh, he's still a free agent, but he's been awesome. They just got the Jordan Simmons, Josh Donaldson. Like, they signed him to a big deal last year. Yeah, like they, they, yeah, Josh Donaldson. Like they, uh, yeah, yeah. They're not at the average, but look what that money can do. Look, look what you can do with that money when it's not a lot. You're still below the average, and you're still a really competitive team, and all that. Right now, the the lowest team payroll of if opening day were to start right now. Is Cleveland twenty eight million dollars? That's insane, dude. That's wild. When you told me that earlier today, I just could not wrap my head around. Next that. up, and Pittsburgh thirty million dollars. That should be fucking illegal. That is it, not like how do you, that's you're not putting a competitive team on the field if you're gonna. Sure, the Rays forty one million dollars. They made it to a World Series, but how often does that happen? That's this is should that is not okay. This is not okay that's for like, any that's sport. Like, that that's labor issues. Like it's simple as that. Like like if a, if a company uh, lays off their employees and and the remaining employees, they decide to just pay a minimum wage because they're having losses. I mean that would be all over the news and they would be shamed by everybody. But in professional sports, it's allowed. No, these people these people are are working just like all of us and they deserve a appropriate rate wage for the talent that they put on the field and the entertainment that they bring to people and the money that they bring in uh, it, it it you this is i tweeted this earlier this is one of this is a, a, a an example of a million issues that the league has right now and they are too either stupid or just or just stubborn to try and fix and they try and cry wool or um go and and, and cry about how uh, their league isn't doing well, and they don't understand why. Well, I mean, the evidence is right in front of them. The, so the CBA is up next year. The main source of this deal from the player's side needs to be, there needs to be a negotiation, just like the NBA, where there's a minimum salary that you have to have. Otherwise, you get taxed by the league. There's That absolutely needs to be in there. And I would I would be willing to give up next season, not next season, the following season, watching as a fan, for them to make sure that that is in the negotiation because I am tired of watching um, this this product on the field of as a result of that. It's look at the okay, here's the bottom 10 teams in terms of payroll. 
Arizona. All right. Milwaukee. Texas. Detroit. Oakland. Seattle. Baltimore. Miami. Tampa. Pittsburgh. Cleveland. I. And what did those, all those teams, you know, Cleveland's had some success. The Rays, obviously. The Marlins finally did something this last year. Um, the A's are pretty consistent. But it's like, it, Arizona's been bad for a while. Brewers, consistent, but guess what? They're trying to send off their best player in Josh Hader now. Texas, mm-hmm. bad. Detroit, bad. Seattle, bad. Baltimore, bad. Like, you get the point, man. How the fuck yeah. are you, how the how are you going to create a sustainable business where you're gonna because look how much better the league gets if it's balanced. The Cleveland mm-hmm. Brown dude, what's one of the highlights of football this year? Cleveland Browns going to playoffs after all these yeah. years. The Buffalo yeah. Bills in an AFC title game after yeah. all these years. Yeah. That shit was huge in football. Because it's like, these are teams we used to rag on. Like, imagine if you had a competitive payroll, if you have, or say, hey, this is what you have to spend. And we see like a Pittsburgh in the NLCS tomorrow. Like, that'd be awesome. That'd be so cool. Like Mm -hmm. Baltimore, we grew up with some really, really great Baltimore teams in the 90s. And we had a little blip of that in the early 2010s. And it's just like, but they don't give a fuck. I don't get the it. highest rated World Series in the history of television was when two teams who hadn't made the World Series in years made it to the World Series in the Indians and the Cubs. I think that says a lot right there. Um, also, I know you're not a college football fan, um, Julio, but did you happen to see the ratings of the college football national championship this year? Um, no, but I'm going to say it's low. It's down by a massive margin, and the and a big reason why they did a a poll on it is because America is tired of seeing the same four teams battle it out every single yeah, year. Yeah, I don't and care about college Alabama, football. Yeah, or ultimately Alabama or Clemson win it. So it's just like you're losing fan base from so many places around the country. You're only catering to one, which is basically the South. I mean, yeah, it it basically is the South. It's Clemson, which is in which is in South Carolina. It's Alabama, which is in Alabama, obviously. It's Oklahoma, which is in Oklahoma, obviously, and and uh, Ohio State, and, and Ohio State, which is in. I mean, yeah, that's the not state the south, of Ohio. But still, yeah, but still, it's just like you're catering. It, it, you're gonna lose people that way. And it, it, look at the NBA. I mean, like, yeah, it, uh, one team kind of dominates the entire regular season and typically wins a championship. But it does feel like, for more or less, that it it the it it's a revolving door yeah. that changes pretty regularly. I mean. I mean, like, if you look at, like, Minnesota, who, sure, they're not a good franchise, but they're trying. Like, dude, they got and, deep. D'Angelo Russell, they had a number one pick, and Anthony Edwards, like, Car Anthony. Yeah, Stone, and, like, and they have, they have, and they have stars because they have to pay their stars, otherwise their owners get taxed for not, for doing, not doing the minimum payroll. Like, shit, so, I mean, dude. It, it kind of balances that shit out, I guess. Gordon Hayward just signed a max with Charlotte. Like, why would you yeah. go play in Charlotte? Because you got a max. Like, dude, that that's healthy. That's healthy for the league. Yeah. And it's just so fucking frustrating mm-hmm. when I just see these teams who, like, historically, Baltimore and Pittsburgh are just fucking titans in baseball. The A's mm-hmm. are titans in baseball. And it's just like, because of how fucked up this league is ran now, they, there's nothing to show for it, man. Like, cool, they got a nice stadium in these places. But that doesn't mean they're gonna have a. There's no. There, there's no competitive product there. Look at how. How come the phrase "small market" is more or less only used in baseball? 
It's a stupid term. Oakland, like yeah. small market Oakland. Oakland's not a small market. Get the hell out of here with that. Whoever tries to fill yeah, it and, out Yeah, and here. people people argue like, well, they share it with the Giants, so it gives them like a smaller portion. Well, I mean, the Raiders shared it with the Niners for years, but the Raiders never had a small market issue. I guess you could make the argument football is more popular, but people still love – baseball is still our, our – I mean, maybe not anymore, but it was our greatest pastime. You could still get people out to watch baseball games. So you just remind me of something because you said the Raiders – and I thought about um, the Hall of Fame news today for baseball, which is like nobody's getting in, but that's another yeah. same that I think we're gonna save. We'll save that for and, later uh, in the week. Uh, NFL Hall of Fame is gonna be announced later in the month, and yeah, Charles Woodson, one of our favorite players ever on the Raiders, he's in. Mm. He's gonna get locked in. There's no way he's not gonna get yeah, in. He's probably gonna get out. Um, think about what you're losing as an organization and as baseball when you let players walk. So what I'm what I'm trying to say is, Chris, I don't know the next time we're ever gonna see an Oakland athletic in the Hall of Fame. When like we're I don't know like if this is sustaining, I don't know the next time we're gonna see somebody put on an Oakland Hayes. Like when you look at their their plaque, it's gonna have an Oakland Hayes add on. Because the reality is like, dude, they're they're gonna leave. They're gonna trade them. They're gonna like we haven't had guys the only who way- have potential, but it's like what like there's the only no, way that that's happens all of baseball, man. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you can make the same argument with the NBA, but I think that's what kind of makes the NBA interesting. So it's kind of like hit or miss there, but but yeah, I I I definitely I get what you're I get what you're saying. And speaking of the NBA with player empowerment, it doesn't feel like there's much player empowerment going on in Major League Baseball. I think that's another missing factor. I think Trevor Bauer is the first one to do it. He's doing it successfully, and I hope that changes the league a little bit in in that aspect. Maybe baseball players are just boring. Maybe that's really the simple fact of it. But, um, yeah, I mean, the only way that that happens, Julio, is if John Fisher sells a team to an owner like a Joe Lacob, and Joe Lacob does a 180, convinces Matt Chapman to stay in free agency when it ultimately hits, and and, and maybe Matt Olsen. I don't know if. I don't know if Matt Olson will be a Hall of Famer, but Chapman's the only one who has the potential. If he convinces him to stay and he stays in his career, that's the only way I can see it happening. As long as John Fisher's the owner, it's not going to happen. So let's just take, okay, so we're running a little bit longer than we thought. And I think it's just because like, this is a really great conversation. It's really like a, a we yeah. kind of hit our boiling point. Yeah. Um, I'm just going to do my straight up pitch to John Fisher. John, you've been, Owning a part of the organ ownership of the organization since 2005, we've seen some really great years. You know, 2006 is like out of all the years I've experienced as an Ace fan, I still think like 2006 is probably like my favorite season because of like just how everything just worked so well. Of course, the unexpected too, the unexpectedness of it all. The Bernie Lean years, they're 12 through 14. This latest run, it's been awesome. The A's are really a pinnacle like of success in baseball. Cause it's like shit, like look how much they can do with them. That's cool. But this has been happening for 20 years now in 20 years. And if he's going to cry, if he's going to cry losing profits over this year, okay, we didn't have any fans in the stadiums last year and you lost on the revenue from concessions and tickets and all that. I understand. Well, guess what, bud, the odds are seeing 
everything that's happening with COVID, seeing how California is, especially in in Los Angeles, who does a lot of transportation between here and the Bay Area, is the hep- like epicenter of COVID, considering how bad this COVID rollout is hap- or vaccination rollout is happening for not just the elderly, but for everybody. Thoughts are we're not going to be having a full stadium until uh, end of summer, if not until next year. So guess what? You're still going to lose money this year. So at the end of the day, what's your end game? What's your plan? Are you, do you want to put a competitive team out there and see if you can at least get some generate from revenue from TV or word of mouth? Because that right now you have to be savvy to make money. And from what he's doing from not retaining a player who's really the captain of the franchise of the organization and somebody who fans really fell in love with last year with Estella, you don't give a fuck, dude. We've known you haven't given a fuck for a long time, but now you're really showing it. You don't give a fuck about making this a better team. You don't care about making this a better situation for the city. And you don't care about the competition of it. You don't fucking care. Like, what do you, like, what do you expect us to do? And as of right now, um, a few hours ago, there is actually a petition started by some ACE fans, uh, by his name says Sebastian Livermore. And one of our, actually, this guy's a homie on Twitter, uh, Chris Montana uh, was the one that person shared it out with us. There's a petition to try to get him out. And I know there's a lot of teams who are doing that, but, and this is getting some traction. We'll put it, we'll retweet it on our Twitter account. We need fucking change, man. This guy doesn't care. He hasn't cared. He's this, he's been the sole owner for five years now. And he has nothing to show. What does he have to show for it? a Chris Davis extension that ends up biting us in the ass. And when you're seeing, we've talked about, I can't remember if we talked about this on the show. Ownership matters so much. The warrior, look what the warriors were 10 years ago. Look how pathetic of a franchise was. And Joe Lake up and Peter Gruber take over the marquee franchise in sports. And this actually it's a question I've been asking a lot of people, a lot of my friends who are Raiders and Ace fans. Who would you rather have as an owner? Would you rather have a Mark Davis who is willing to spend the money into the team, but he has a bad support system to make the right decisions on players and, and or just about to make the right decision when it comes to the actual org of it all, or somebody like John Fisher Who's a cheap ass, but he has the right people in place to make the right decisions for the team. What would you rather have right now? I'd rather have Mark Davis 10 times out of 10 because he actually gives a shit. And I actually believe in him, and I think he believes in the franchise, and he believes in like trying to do the right thing, and he's actually trying to make you it You know happen. why? You know why, too? He fucking... Like, because obviously this is his legacy with his family. He believes in the Raiders. And mm-hmm. it's like... And it's... that, that You gotta love him for his is blind stupidity of it all because we've seen what this team has been like. If John Fisher gave a fraction of a fuck about this, the history of this franchise, the history of what they've done for Oakland and the legacy of all these players, we'd be in good shape. If he just cared a tiny, tiny bit, but he could give, he gives zero fucks at all. He gives zero shit about anything with this franchise. And it's pathetic. It is the Mm -hmm. stupidest thing that, any team has to go through this, and it makes it even worse that this is, like, our team. Chris, you have so, the floor. 
I don't I don't want to add anything to that because that was beautiful. That was like Joe Biden's speech when he was elected president. It was just the most perfect thing you could say. I do want to say um, shout out to Chris and also shout out to Brian, the kingpin. He's also a friend of ours on Twitter who's been tweeting it out. If you follow those guys, um, friends of the pod. Uh, ben Ross just tweeted about three minutes ago that the signature is up to 500 and counting. Ben Ross also tweeted it out. So if you're looking for it, you can find it in multiple places. Um, I it, Let me think about how I want to word this. It. You know he's writing he's writing the knowledge and 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 intelligence of Billy Bean, and it's not okay. And I know a lot of business people are gonna listen to this and be like, "Well, if you have a failing business, you don't keep pouring money into it, hoping that and doing the same thing, hoping that it'll turn around. You cut costs, and you you know try and problem solve ways to." make the same product, but for cheaper, blah, 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 blah. Well, this is, sure, it's a business, but this is a sports franchise. I think I think we, we're all, we can all think open-minded and, and, and rational about this, and being that a sports franchise is not quite a business. Um, it, or it is a business, sorry, but it's not run the same way as like a retail business or like a, or like a, uh, I don't know, for lack of better thought. Um, if he continues to do this, we're not. I, I, I don't know. It's just making it hard to be an A's fan, man. And we've been preaching about Joe Lacob for a long time, but I think now more than ever, we we need him to swoop in and and uh, and save us before we completely lose our fucking minds, and before Major League Baseball completely loses out on a, a market that they should be thriving in. Um, so be, I, I don't know. Before we become it, Padre fans. Yeah, yeah, or Dodger fans. Um, I, you know, I'm I just hope to God that that Joe Joe or John Fisher picks up the phone and calls the guy across the bay. Says, "Hey, Joe, team's up for sale. What do you got? Because that's the only hope we got right now, man. That's real. That's really it. Um, I don't know. I mean, I know Dave Stewart just bought a bought the 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 city's portion of the Coliseum land. So maybe he can force a situation with that stadium to where, uh, he can block them from, from building until, uh, Joe Lake or, um, I keep saying Joe Lake, John Fisher, um, makes an intelligent move on, on how the A's personnel goes. I think that's kind of the only, uh, the only hope we got is maybe, maybe Dave Stewart can strong arm him because he's, he's got some power now. Um, Especially with the whole um, Howard Terminal site not kind of just falling um, from the wayside every single day more and more. But I don't know. I don't know what to do. I mean, all we can do is bitch. And I'll probably still watch the team. I'll probably still buy swag. I'm not Honestly, buying a Marcus no, jersey don't buy, anymore. Don't, don't buy shit. Don't buy shit. Like, that, that's the, the I thought about the that best, today. I thought about that today. Because remember I said in the past podcast that if Marcus goes because i wanted to buy a marcus jersey i'm gonna buy a murph jersey i don't know if i'm gonna buy a murph jersey yeah i'm kind of thinking the other other way around now if you want to show that you're pissed with this organization that you're pissed how it's being ran don't don't buy anything right now like yeah. don't buy a new hat don't buy a new shirt don't buy it. if you want to buy something with merch go support a local business and go buy some green and gold stuff from oaklandish 
or mm-hmm. go on Redbubble and support it's good, it's good a good call, Oaklandish. Yeah, go to Oakland, Oaklandish. Shout out. Or go on Redbubble, look up um, Oakland A's gear, and buy somebody who something from an artist directly. That's Redbubble.com. Don't support buying anything from this franchise. Yeah, it, to show you like what that's what we have to do right now. And it's like the odds are we're not going to be at a, a Coliseum that the Coliseum this year. We're not going to be able to spend in there. So we got to hurt them where it hits. Like, just don't buy merch. If um, if you're going to watch the games, I I don't know if they get a portion if it comes like MLB TV or bootleg it, man. Just, they definitely do, yeah. But yeah. Just, yeah, do, you do what you can to show that, like, we're, we're not happy. Sign that petition. Sign the petition, um, big time. Petition. I don't know if it's going to do anything, but you know what, man? It's a start. Well, it'll get his eyes on it. If it gets enough traction, he'll get his eyes on it and be like, man, these people fucking hate me. Maybe I should, like, not. If he didn't like, realize that be... already, he's just oblivious, but whatever. I know, but I think, I mean, a lot of billionaires are oblivious. They're surrounded by people who just tell them everything they need. So let me give you guys the URL so you get a little bit more specific of a uh, of a destination to buy this. It's www.change.org slash P slash MLB dash force dash oakland athletics um yeah there's a thousand signatures now wow wait a thousand no sorry sorry to get to a thousand there's 528 uh 529 so it keeps going up every yeah it's growing it's growing Um, so so that that's that's the best we can do um billionaires are going to continue to world rule the world and get everything they want and there's nothing to do about it so chris we we I started this off with that with the Yoda quote. So while we're finishing up, I'm going to finish Give it off another one. with a uh, Star Wars quote from uh, Jin Iso, which is, rebellions were built on hope. They were. That's a good point. Rogue we one. are the rebellion. Rogue yeah. One, hell underrated. All right, folks. Thanks for listening to us, bitch. Hopefully you got some perspective from this, and hopefully we got some perspective as the podcast went on and we vented. I feel and, better. Um, I don't know about you. We, <laughs> our th- our and, cheap therapy session. Yeah. And uh, let's just give a sh- quick shout out to all of our loyal fans who have been listening to us for what will be coming on a year in a couple months. Um, we love you guys and we want to hear from you. We want to interact with you more. So let us know how you feel. Um, we hope you guys enjoyed this episode. And again, later on the week, we'll come with a little bit more normal structured one. Talk about all the free agency moves that have happened. I hinted at one Corey Kluber earlier in the week. The Schlatter brothers had some, something to say about that. So maybe we could talk to them about it and give you guys some feedback. Um, and yeah, that's it. All right, Julio. I don't Is the typical ending of this podcast appropriate today? Um, I mean, I'm always, look, I'm always going to root for the city of Oakland. Yeah, we're always for Oakland, so Shout last out to but not least. Our home girl in the White House. Yeah. Come on, Harris. Oakland in the house, that's right. So um Yeah, let's go Oakland. It could let's be worse. Go Oakland. <laughs> it could be. Hopefully it doesn't. The Town Tailgate is an independently produced podcast. It is written and executive produced by this guy. Chris Madrigal, <laughs> and my partner in crime, Julio Reynoso. It is sound mixed and edited by yours truly. Social media management and marketing is run by 
once again, my partner, Julio Reynoso. And a special thanks and shout out to my brother, Larry Madrigal, for composing and producing our theme song, as well as graphic designing our album cover and artwork. Thank you so much for listening, everybody. Please tune in next week. Please subscribe. And last but not least, as we always say, let's go Oakland.